Hey, what's going on? This is DJ Sports back again with another episode. I got my co-host Reese here, and we're gonna jump into everything that we saw yesterday, uh, Championship Sunday. Two games where we saw the Bucks and the Kansas City Chiefs punch their ticket into the Super Bowl uh, two weeks from Sunday. Um, before we do that, I'd like to remind you guys to follow us on all of our social pages, DJ Sports Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, and we just for questions at our email and we'll answer on the show. Uh, Reese, let's get into the beer segment. What do you got for us today? I got uh, another fancy one. Got a Beachwood <clears throat> Haze Later Hazy IPA from uh, my local little liquor store. Another new one for me. So, what about you? Oh, I got uh, nothing crazy, you know, uh, Blue Moon, Belgian White. Um, yeah, didn't have anything. Anything else in the fridge, really, that we haven't talked about on the show already? So, um, hey, I, I haven't had a Blue Moon in a while, so this is kind of new for me. I was going to say, keeping it classy, I like it. <laughs> um, I should let the the listeners know that instead of an orange, I have a Cuties, which I'm going to be drinking with the Blue Moon. So, let's see how that is. A little, little twist on your new, normal Blue Moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, is it different? It feels pretty much the same, to be honest. Like, <laughs> like nope. <laughs> like, I think oranges and cuties are so similar that, you know, personally, I can't tell the difference. Maybe someone who has a, you so, know. Especially when you're having it with something like that, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe someone who has, like, a sharper taste with that kind of stuff would know, but. Yeah, like if you like uh, your blue moon with oranges and you're like, you're in a pinch, you don't have oranges, you have cuties, I think you're fine. <laughs> now we know for future reference. Yeah. Or do you rate it? Um, I give it a solid 6.4. Uh, mm-hmm. It's good. Um, I like, I've always liked ales, uh, wheat ales. So this is uh, right up my alley. Um, yeah, th- I mean, it definitely uh, raises, I think, the rating when you have an orange in it. Like, I, I would definitely give it a little. Like, if it wasn't for the orange, I'd probably mm-hmm. go to like, like five point eight. But yeah, the orange definitely helps. So it's like a Corona with lime, you know. Just for whatever reason, it just makes it a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would say like Corona with lime. They're like that's almost mandatory. <laughs> yeah, no, I was gonna say that that one's more necessary than than a blue moon with an orange slice. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. I don't know. This is like nothing crazy about a hazy IPA, to be honest. I might be a bit. I mean, because I like Beechwood, I don't know. Have I had what? I don't know what I had last time. I should probably start like keeping that because I get so like repetitive. But Beechwood is a pretty good uh, brewery that I like. So because of that, I'll keep it at like a seven, but. No, I'm gonna go with a six point eight. I'll be I'll be honest with it. There was nothing special about this one. Haze later, hazy IPA, big old twenty eight on the can. Nice. Yeah. AJ Dillon, I can't. I was gonna that's, say that's I, the first person I thought of is twenty eight. I was trying to think. I was like, I can only think of AJ Dillon. He's probably not the right person to bring out right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I can't think of like any NBA players. Yeah, I was gonna say I immediately just started thinking of running backs that played this weekend. So. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. We got some uh, fun games to talk about. Yeah, we do. So we're starting off with the Bills Chiefs. Um, the Bills went up nine zero, but uh, after that, the Chiefs pretty much dominated. Uh, their offense was, you know, uh, fully firing, and you know when when the Chiefs are and Mahomes are on full, uh, you know, full blast like that. They're basically impossible to stop. You had uh, Tyreek with 172 yards, Kelsey with two touchdowns. Um, and, yeah, they just dominated. Um, Reese, what did you see? Like, you know, kind of uh, what we expected with, with the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, maybe a little bit more ruthless, uh than I was maybe giving them credit for going in. I think we were both a little skeptical about the Chiefs going into this one um, and just how that offense is going to look and how the defense is going to look against uh, Josh Allen. And, I mean, at the end of the day, it was kind of, they were kind of firing on all fronts. Um, like, if you were going to ask me for just, like, to summarize that game, it was just the Chiefs doing what they do and the Bills weren't really clicking, you know. There was no, like – specific play that turns something or anything like that for me it was just um it was just the better football team going out there and uh playing better football in my opinion yeah um, what about you i mean last episode i i think i did pick the bills on this pod but i think that was more of me like uh like really, yeah it was very <laughs> yeah i would say emotional I, I definitely hopped on the the bills mafia bandwagon and i thought uh Mahomes' turf toe would be more of an issue, uh, but yeah. he looked he looked hundred percent, um, absolutely. You know, the Patrick Mahomes that we all know, um, and yeah, the Bills defense, like basically all the concerns that we saw throughout the year, kind of you know, showed on full display here. You know, they just couldn't stop, uh, you know, the offense at all. Uh, yeah. You had you had Daryl Williams even run for fifty two yards, Miklaud a fifty yard run. And then on top of all the the receiving numbers for Tyreek and, and Kelsey, uh, yeah, this game just got out of hand. Um, and like you know, I was happy with how Josh Allen played. You know, I thought he fought hard. You know, he could have just uh, the game. You know, game was over. He could have just you know taken a seat. But he, you know, he he was making plays. Um, and this Bills team will definitely be back. You know, I think they're just getting started. Uh, they just ran into like you said a better football team. Yeah, and no, I mean. If you told me at the start of the season that Bills would be one game away from the Super Bowl, I would have probably thought you were crazy. So, I mean, yeah, hats off to them on a great season. I don't think they have anything really to be disappointed about. They really – I think they proved a lot for themselves going forward that, you know, they're definitely a team that can compete and stuff. But um, I don't know. In, in this game particularly, like, not that, not that Josh Allen – didn't like play bad for me, but <clears throat> he just didn't really, I think maybe he got a little too caught up in the moment, like all season, what he was doing really, really well. He kind of got away from this <clears throat> in this game for me. Like, yeah, he used his legs when he needed to, but um, I think they kept calling it out on the broadcast that he just wasn't doing those simple check downs. It was the simple throws that he was kind of using all season to open up the the deep ball the digs or this and that it was almost like he wasn't hitting any of that underneath stuff because he was forcing it all game because he probably felt like he had to 
to compete with Patrick Mahomes and keep up with Pat Mahomes the whole time, which is, I mean, there's no shame in thinking that going into the game. But um, at the end of the day, I just don't think Josh Allen and that offense was really like playing their game and doing what they hung their hat on all season. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I agree there. Like you probably saw, you know, Mahomes just marching down the field and was looked at the scoreboard and said, you know, I got, I have to do the same thing. You know, I have to like, you know, make a play. Um, there was a couple of sacks, like really bad sacks that he, you know, he just had to get rid of the ball and, you know, yeah. just, just fight for the next down. But, you know, there was like, I look at the, his, he got sacked four times for 53 yards. So, um, those are absolutely four times for 53 yards. Yeah. So those are absolutely. And maybe even if you want to make that even look worse, look at like where in the field, where on the field he gave those sacks up. Cause I think a couple of them moved them out of field goal range or, you know, so. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, and on top of bad stacks given up, I think uh, early in the game um, that McDermott kind of like, oh, I never want to get on a coach for like not being gutsy enough especially in like big moments but that's who the bills have been pretty much all season is that i mean we saw it on the first drive that they're not afraid to go for it on fourth down um they're not afraid to go for it on fourth down in the red zone and to pass up points and stuff like that and when it came down to this game there were a couple instances that at the time i was like oh like what like why isn't he going for it whatever okay take the points you know like it's a playoff game take the points you know keep up with pat mahomes and i understood it but when i looked back on the game i kind of highlighted those plays and i mean 14 seconds left in the second quarter Josh Allen was on the Kansas city two yard line and he decided to uh go for the field goal and i mean that kept them within nine points it made it a 12 to 21 ball game but I mean, again, you got your you got your best guy on the two yard line and probably a ballsy shot, especially right before the half, in my opinion, a pretty gutsy move that can uh, turn the tide of an AFC championship game, you know. Right. And then even coming out of the half um, with six minutes left in the third quarter, he was on the Kansas City eight and they got down to fourth and goal and he went ahead and went for the field goal again to make it 24 to 15. So that's just like two instances where he went for the three points instead of going for the touchdown that I think in my opinion, probably earlier in the season in a regular, regular season game, he would have uh, gone for the, gone for the touchdown. So I think those decisions he would have looked back on personally and maybe uh, changed some things. And I don't think it would have changed the whole outcome of the game, but still something that I kind of noticed. Yeah. I mean, um, I agree. I I think like in a game like this, you gotta, you gotta play for the win, you know, you're not going to beat, Mahomes and the Chiefs uh, with field goals, you know, and yeah, yeah. I I think he almost needed some some like at the end of the day, if if we were saying like, oh my god, they won this game because twice on fourth and goal, Josh Allen came up big. It's like, yeah, that's exactly what you were saying is how the Bills win this game is just Josh Allen making the big plays and stuff when it mattered. So I think at the end of it, McDermott not completely to his fault because he took the points when it mattered, but he almost uh, took the ball out of Allen's hands uh, when that mattered. So, yeah. And it was early too. It was, it was both, both of them before halfway through the third. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I wonder if it's like something that he's going to look on and, you know, maybe use it as experience because I'm sure they're going to be competing for, you know, uh, however many years they're, they're nicely set up, you know, a young team uh, with the quarterback on an MVP year. 
They, they probably just need to add a couple more pieces, definitely on defense, maybe get another receiver, and, and they should be right back in it. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for this uh, Bills team, like the offseason that they have, um, especially. I don't know if you saw that. Did you see the video of Josh Allen hugging all of his teammates um, no, before the whistle blew? Oh, dude, I got to send that to you because it was such a cool video. Um, it was it's seriously on the sideline. He's hugging all of his offensive linemen, all of his wide receivers, Devin Singletary, TJ, he hugs all of them. Um, and this is when the game's still going on and stuff, so. It was just that was a cool moment seeing Diggs watch the entire uh, trophy ceremony was a cool moment. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, I just think um, I just think this team is definitely ready for a lot more. And I mean, we're probably not giving enough credit to Kansas City, and just just to give credit where credits due to Pat Mahomes because he went twenty nine for thirty eight with three twenty five and three touchdowns, which is kind of a ridiculous stat line that to our faults if it was anyone else we would be going crazy about but it's pat mahomes and it's kind of it's almost getting to the point where the chiefs and mahomes are getting to this like brady and um and patriots like playoff-esque uh dominance. i don't know yeah we're dominance where it's just like you just don't want to bet against them at any point right now so right yeah i don't know um they're definitely ruthless and they're right back to where they were last year. And I'm not going to bet against them moving forward for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. What can you say? It's just kind of like these stat lines, like 325, three touchdowns, they're, they're just becoming so normal for, for him that exactly. he just doesn't really like stand out to you. Um, and, and, and seven incompletions to get there, you know, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Uh, so let's get to, um, the NFC game, uh, so much to talk about this one. Uh, in what was a, a really, really like r- incredible football game, uh, you had some back and forth early, and then a massive, massive—I uh, don't even know what to call it—like a broken play for the Scotty Miller touchdown at the end of the first half. But yeah, Reese, let's talk about that. Like, what did you see on that uh, on that touchdown? I mean. I <clears throat> I hate singling in on players like how so many people are doing uh, the day after to Kevin King and stuff, but um, that particular play that that was a rough one, um, just because it's it's kind of like I mean just for defense in general, and I don't know maybe if you go back and you want to look at the safety that was supposed to be there, I don't know I I haven't dissected that play that much. All I know is that just you just don't give up anything big in that situation. You know, you, you play off the line and whatever, and you just don't give up the big play um, at the end of the half like that. And I think you and I were talking about it last week on the podcast about Scotty Miller and, oh my God, like, you know, Tom Brady with this, with this white guy in the playoffs, but truthfully, like to our, to my fault, Scotty Miller's not that guy. He, he's, he's one of the fastest players on that offense. So to, to just let him beat you deep like that in that position, I think is um, a massive, massive F up. So that one was uh, was big. And I mean, honestly, they, it, like coming out of that, they fumble and they go down 28 to 10. You know, that's, a, that's 14 points that otherwise probably shouldn't have happened. I mean, the fumble is going to happen, you know, whatever. I don't want to get into that, but that's a 14 point swing in, not a lot of time, like four football minutes, I think it was. So 
that was rough on the Packers and the fact that they were even had a chance to still win that game kind of blows my mind. The fact that we're going to like get into later and like talk about all these situations that they still blew that game, even though they, you know, 14 points in four minutes like that. It's just, uh, right. It's um, so yeah, um, let's get to the play that everyone's been talking about the decision to go for the field goal, um, at the end of the game, uh, you know, in the moment, uh, what were what was going through your head, and like now in hindsight, how do you feel about it? Um, yeah, in the moment, it was what the fuck, and in <laughs> hindsight, it's what the fuck. <laughs> so, pardon my French on that one, but that I I don't know what else to say about that. To be honest, um, I think Lafleur even said it afterwards that he just wasn't on his A game, and uh. I think the analytics before that field goal was 25%. And after that field goal, something like 27%. So it was a two percentage, like, I don't know. The analytics don't fat, the analytics don't factor in that you're playing against Tom Brady. Um, the analytics don't factor in that you're taking the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands at that point. So I, I don't like that decision at all. And uh, I think it costs them pretty big. Yeah, I, think, I mean, I think a lot of decisions cost them big, truthfully. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Reese. Um, you know, when I saw Mason Crosby grace my television, I couldn't believe it. Um, like, I was grace like, your television. <laughs> I was like, wait, hold on. Uh, like, is this did the game like rewind or something? Like, what's yeah. like, I just, it was just such a like, um, on top of the fact that you have. Aaron Rodgers, um, and the other team has Tom Brady. You want your defense to to get the stop. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, they, they played well in the fourth quarter. Um, but just looking at the decision uh, from all angles, like the ball was on the eight-yard line or the 10-yard line, right, wherever it was. Um, eight-yard line. Even if you go for it on fourth down and you don't get it, like the Bucks, you know, they have the ball right there. You're, you're putting trust in your defense already, so put trust in them get the, you know, get them to punt the ball and you're going to get a great field possession regardless, right? You're going to get the ball, yeah. like, uh, at least at the 50-yard line. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I, I didn't get the decision because if you're putting faith in your defense to get the stop and getting the ball back, it, it, it makes more sense regardless to go for it and then just get better, better field position. Yeah, you, you, you might as well try for it, right? Yeah, and I also saw something that, uh, said that not only did the Packers have a great uh, red zone offense, they had a s- historically great red zone offense. I think it was 80% of the time they scored touchdowns this year. So, uh, yeah, taking the ball out of Rodgers' hands um, and kicking the field goal, that's something that is honestly going to be – like, if I was a Packers fan right now, you know, my cousin, I watched the game with him and some family. He's a Packers fan, and he was absolutely devastated. I saw him this morning, too, and he was – just couldn't believe it. So I think this is something that's going to hurt Packers fans for a long time, and I, I don't blame them. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I think it might be uh, – yeah, God, I hate to say it, but that might be just one of those games and one of those things that we look on just like, oh, my God, what could have been for for one of the greats. Um, uh, but, I mean, just to focus on that play even a little bit more, like if we can, like, break it down, it's like you were saying about, like, no matter what it no matter which way you broke it down their defense was going to need a stop after that game or after 
whatever happened on that play. If you if you went for it on fourth down and they missed it, defense still wouldn't need to get a stop. If you went for it on fourth down, you got the touchdown, didn't get the two point conversion, you still would have been relying on your defense to get the stop. If you went for it, you got the two point conversion, you still would have been relying on your defense to stop Tom Brady in a two minute drill. So no matter what, you're putting your defense in a position to get a stop. And in all of those situations, you're putting your defense in a situation to get the stop with the ball on the 25 yard line for Tom Brady. Except if you, hey, I don't know, give Aaron Rodgers a shot at going for it on fourth down. That's the only situation that you give them worse field position and put them on the eight-yard line, too. So it was just like every way that you looked about it, it was just like, I mean, yeah, you're you're putting yourself within five points. But it, it just it didn't make sense to me at all. Like they, if they score the touchdown, they're kicking it off to them and they're on the 25-yard line. If they kick the field goal, they're doing that same exact thing. So – regardless it was they should have played the field position as you pointed out and they should have let Aaron Rodgers go for it it was just all all around it just made no sense you know right I I Um, didn't know what game they were playing at you know yeah it's just another brutal loss for the Packers um this is a game like that I gotta be honest but you gotta you gotta win this game you know you're playing against a wild card team at home um your quarterback has an MVP season. Um, they really felt like this is the year. Like I, you could get the feeling that Green Bay and their fans thought, you know, this is the year that they're going to at least make the Super Bowl, right? Um, mm-hmm. So just a devastating loss, and honestly, just a, an unacceptable loss if you're a Packers fan. Like you, you got to win this game, right? Somehow. Yeah. yeah somehow, some way, you got. And I mean, dude, seriously, with those three interceptions in a row, they had. Right. So many chances. Like so I know I know a lot of people are gonna hang their hang their hat on that field goal call in two minutes, but they had three turnovers in a row and they they only scored six points, I believe. I was gonna say okay, so there you go. They got they had three turnovers, they got six points, and at the start of the turnovers, what they only needed eleven. It's like, and I don't know, just with all those momentum swings and whatever, it just seems like the Packers are really in the position to to make it happen. And a couple three and outs um, after the second and the third interception really hurt them. Credit to the Bucks defense for coming up big in those moments. And I mean... Yeah, I mean, I, I think we should maybe even touch on the Bucks defense a little bit and what they did in that game because they pressured Rodgers 21 times in that game uh, compared to Brady only being pressured five times. So that was pretty much what they hung their hat on. It's like, we're just going to get after him. And they had Vita Vea back. And Dom Kinsu was kind of all over the place. Shaq Barrett had a few sacks. So, mm-hmm. I yeah, no, no doubt. Like, great game from uh, the Buccaneers defense. You know, like you said, uh, all those pressures, they t- Brady had three picks, you know, um, and for them to step up and only give up uh, six points is is incredible against this Packers defense. So they were they were playing great all game, um, and yeah, this defense like it. We're gonna get to that later, but uh, it really feels like Todd Bowles has something figured out, and like they had just have so much talent on this on the D line. Um, Devin White, you know, we we've talked about him before. He He's so good. Um, Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett had three sacks. Um, it, it just feels like every week 
like one of these guys just steps up on their defense, right? Like I was going to say, Shaq Barrett is the third guy on that defensive line that you and I would probably mention. I mean, that you and I did, I mean, we didn't even mention him on the podcast last week. We were talking about Don Consume. We were talking about Vita Vey coming back from injury. Right, right. And then we were talking about the linebacker duo, which is still absolutely incredible and proved how incredible they are. Uh, Devin White and Levante David. So, yeah, just so many studs on that defense. I was going to say, so many studs on that defense. And like you said, Todd Bowles has them playing at just an absolutely elite level. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's the kind of defense that wins championships. And you put Brady on the other side of the ball. So that's uh, that's a scary team right now. It's a right. scary team in February, for sure. What did, what did you think about um, the PI call at the end or like the holding call uh, where it was kind of like – there was some controversy to that because it, I mean, to me, it looked pretty obvious because, you know, you see him pull the jersey, but yeah. they were saying, oh, they, they didn't call that all game. But yeah, what did you think? Yeah, I think I saw Mina Kimes tweet that said, that, so like that was definitely PI, but it also wasn't PI for three quarters. And I was like, yeah, I 100% get that. So let's focus on the PI for three quarters then, <laughs> you know, like if you want to focus on the refs in that moment, they made the call when it mattered. You know, that that was a passing interference and they called it end of story. You know, like I don't think there's much to argue about. If you want to say that they were letting them play all game, then. Yeah, I mean, they're they're going to let a couple hand checking. If you want to show a passing interference as obvious as that one, you know, earlier in the game, then okay. But that I mean, with such a clear pull of the jersey, like especially with something like that, too, like a pull of the jersey as compared to like maybe like hand checking or a little bit of contact right before the ball gets there. It's so different, right? Like when you see the Jersey pulled way behind the receiver like that, it's like, what are you supposed to do as a ref, you know? And I don't know how many of those they, they let go earlier in that game. So. Right. Um, you know, I think it's just, if it wasn't so obvious, you know, the, the refs would probably held the whistle, but exactly. they they kind of had no choice at that point, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I guess that's what I mean about the sure is like that just made it so obvious, you know, glaringly obvious. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, just a, a tough loss for the Packers. Um, they had their chances, weren't able to capitalize. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers has not lost four straight NFC Championship games, which is crazy to think about. Um, and like they won the Super Bowl in 2011. So imagine if I told you that, you know, 10 years from now, Aaron Rodgers wouldn't make one Super Bowl. That'd be hard to believe, right? Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty incredible. So, so he's lost four straight that he's been to, and it's been four of the last seven NFC Championship games, right? Uh, Four of the last seven? Yeah. Four of the last seven. Okay, yeah, that, that sounds correct, yeah, because – they lost to the Seahawks, Niners, yeah. uh, Buccaneers, uh, and I'm missing one more. But yeah, it's just easy. It's just it's just crazy that I mean. Okay, the Falcons. We, the Falcons. Uh, we, oh, there you go. When we think about Aaron Rodgers and and his career and stuff, and especially as you said, like in 2011, you know, goes Super Bowl, wins it, and then has a couple whatever years i don't even know what the heck happened but then for the last seven he goes to the nfc championship game he convinces us and bear with me i don't know anybody on those teams who was other than like maybe like a jordy nelson season here and there or like um 
a Clay Matthews season here and there are a couple other uh, God, what was that guy? What was the defensive tackle who's a monster, the big guy? BJ Raji? Yes, thank you. BJ Raji. Like there was a couple of like there was a couple guys who were like real key players to that team, but Aaron Rodgers convinced us for a long time that the Packers are you know Super Bowl bound or they're Super Bowl favorites or hey let's bet on the Packers and really with what at his disposal every single time you know like as you said multiple times never a great defense you know, maybe a couple good players on defense but never a great defense and never a fantastic supporting cast on offense so he had Eddie Lacy um at one point <laughs> yeah I think Eddie Lacy had a good season with them and <laughs> It's just like nothing ever clicked all at once uh, for the Packers, except for the fact that Aaron Rodgers was there. So um, if this is it for him in the Packers, um, he was really, really carrying that team for a long time. And uh, I don't envy Jordan Love stepping into that position. So Yeah. So with this loss, you know, they had a, a pretty, you know, a great season. They were, you know, flying high. Uh, number one in the conference all year. Um, so that kind of covered up their, the, the NFL draft, you know, like at, when we saw um, the draft in April, you know, Jordan Love was obviously a big like talking point. Um, and then, but throughout the season, you know, people didn't really mention that because of how great uh, Rogers and the Packers were playing. Uh, but now, you know, this, this tough loss, uh, I think like all the conversation is going to go back to the draft because, not only did they take Jordan Love um, in the first round, but they take AJ Dillon in the second round, which you know, all things considered, not not a terrible pick. But then you take a tight end in the third round, and it, it's like, okay, if you're not going to take a receiver to get uh, Rogers more help, like maybe you know get someone for the secondary or just someone on defense in general to just because this defense is just not good enough, you know, obviously to to make it to the Super Bowl, so. A lot of questions for the Packers, um, you know, that draft, like, I think as soon as it happened, people were like, what, you know, what's going on? And then the, this is a good season, kind of, you know, avoided all that talk, but it's just even more I mean, head-scratching now. <laughs> I was going to say, it was like an MVP caliber season, well, an MVP season, in my opinion, from Rodgers just masked. Um, he's probably going to win. I think he's the favorite. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. It, it, it completely masked uh, just another terrible job by the front office, right? So moving, like, if you're Aaron Rodgers moving forward, like, why the heck would you, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I want to get into that, but it's just, it's, again, just another bad decision from the the front office and yeah, maybe you know people wanted to say right before this game oh maybe they maybe they lit a fire under Aaron Rodgers ass and maybe maybe they did what they wanted it's like no they just drafted eight guys who made absolutely no impact on their season whatsoever right and that's not helping a team that has a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers and who's at, towards the end of his career yeah towards the end of his career and absolutely like we said for the last seven nfc championships is a step away a move away a, a good draft away or a good offseason away from being a super bowl winning team not just a super bowl bound team because they're already right there it's a super bowl winning team that they're trying to be in just a decent draft that's all you need and they just keep blowing it so yeah i mean 
like like you said, that's a great stat. You know, they've made. I didn't even think about that. That they've made four of the last seven. So they're so close every time. Um, you know, like last year. Okay, let's. They just got beat by a better team. You know, the Niners were just a uh, better all around football team, and then they got beat pretty handily by the Falcons. I think that they were just a better football team too that year. But the game against the Seahawks um, and this one, like those were those are two that you absolutely should have won. Yeah, and those are the ones that, that Seahawks game where it was just a ridiculous comeback. Yeah, um, but yeah, just another long off season for the Packers fans, and uh, I feel for them, man. What a what a tough loss. So I really, really feel for uh, for Packer fans and all those diehard loyal fans in Green Bay, and honestly, all around because they're <laughs> they're all across the United States. So mm-hmm. just really feeling for them today. Uh. So, Reese, I'm not going to ask you where uh, you think he's going because I think it's too early to have that conversation. But um, we talked about this tweet that I saw. The destinations are the Niners, Patriots, Steelers, Raiders, Colts, Saints. Um, so, pretty interesting list there. But do you think that we've seen Rodgers the last game uh, in a Packer uniform? Um, I think so. Like right now today, my I, I would say yes, but it's it's uh, I I don't think it's ever too late in a situation like this for the front office to save their asses and to bring Green Bay um, a Super Bowl and their best chance at that next season is with Aaron Rodgers and with you know providing a good draft with him or a good off season whatever that may be so. I'm not going to say 100%. I think he's gone, but um, yeah, I, I would say it's more likely than not because as we laid out earlier, he um, it was him and not him alone. He obviously had a supporting cast of Devontae Adams and other players who played phenomenally this season, but Aaron Rodgers once again masked the um, incompetence of his general manager who – for whatever reason for a long time has just not wanted to put the pieces around Aaron Rodgers. So uh, if I were him and I looked around at another team in free agency and they could sign me and they said that they could sign me and they have a better supporting cast next season. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't you go if you're him? Right. Yeah. Um, just uh, hearing his press conference. Yeah. You know, it, it's obviously like in the heat of the moment right after the game, but you know, it just felt like, you know, I think he said like he didn't run for it on third down because he he thought that they were getting four downs, you know, to make the play happen. But you know, Lafleur I guess saw something else, took the ball out of his hands. So um, he didn't exactly like uh, help his coach there um, with the press conference. You know, it seems like they were they were just on the on the wrong page. Well, Aaron's never been a guy to cover somebody's ass in a press conference. Like Lafleur. Yeah his mind made the wrong decision. He's going to say that he's not going to like it. And if yeah. you go back and look at those press conferences, he pauses before more. He takes a deep breath. <laughs> you know, he's like, yeah, no, I wanted the ball in my hands. You know? It's like, yeah. he thought about it too. Like, do I want to throw him under the bus right now? And it's like, yeah, he, he, he fucked up and uh, like, I should have had the ball. So yeah, I, I don't, um, I don't completely blame Aaron for the saying those in the moment like that. And I don't really think that's in the moment. I think if you ask him three months from now, he'll say the same thing. 
Yeah. Um, you know, he's definitely not afraid to speak his mind. Um, I don't like, and you know, sometimes people say that that comes off as like kind of douchey or arrogant, but I think he's just genuinely going to tell you how he feels. Um, especially when it's like, you know, his career uh, on the line. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about this, like just after the game, um, there was some like, you know, Aaron Rodgers goat conversation. If he could win a ring this year, um, he would have two Super Bowl rings, uh, maybe be in the conversation, but you know, one Super Bowl appearance, you know, now I see all the stats like Tom Brady has as any NFC championships as Rodgers. So does Rex Grossman. Um, and like, you know, as much as I, I love Rodgers, like I, I don't think he's near the GOAT conversation. Um, you know, I think definitely a top 10 quarterback, maybe like top top five, top seven, depending on, you know. Who you ask. Yeah, depending who you ask. But, you know, like he's not near Brady, in my opinion. And I can't even put him over Peyton Manning. Like there's no way, you know, Peyton has what, like three or four Super Bowl appearances, two rings, like, yeah. I guess I was gonna say I guess at the end of the day it matters like what you're talking about like when you talk about the best quarterback of all time like the goat the greatest of all time like unfortunately with that has to come the rings and what came with it like it doesn't always matter how good they were at the position how talented they are at throwing the football or how talented they are at reading defenses, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, did, did they win? And you know, like what, 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 what led to that really? So yeah, like, I mean, in my opinion, I still think that Aaron Rodgers is one of the most talented quarterbacks to ever play. Um, Mm -hmm. When I watch quarterbacks play, I'm not sure that I'm going to see very many guys. I mean, when I think about it and I've thought about this long and hard because, because as you know, we uh, we get really into it with um, people in our group message with like Pat Mahomes being <laughs> the greatest of all time and stuff like that. And it's like Aaron Rodgers, who he is as a quarterback, he's very, very talented and he's an improviser and he does things with the football that we're just not really used to seeing. But yeah, if he doesn't have the rings that come with that and if he doesn't have um, – the stats you know to back that up at the end of his career then it's like what can we really say it was like it was fantastic to watch him play but I agree I I think he'll go down in at least top 10 but yeah yeah. um when you're getting to that conversation you know you're it's just such a a tough table because there's so many accomplished quarterbacks um you need the second ring you know at least yeah and like not only does he not have the second ring, he hasn't even been to a second Super Bowl. So exactly, he's he's thirty seven right now. You know who knows how many more chances he has. 